Do you give advice because you want to see a person's pain stop and their situation improve? That sounds good, right? Or so that God will be more glorified in their life. Hmm. See? See how the first sounds altruistic and good? Well, I give advice to help them with their problem so their situation will improve. But what if we gave advice so that God would be more glorified in their life, which in turn produces life in the kingdom of God, which is the best life they could ever live. So ask yourself, who or what is your focus? Because that makes all the difference in how we give advice, when we give advice, and how it'll actually be perceived and received by the other person. Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. It is good to be back, feeling all rested and ready. Had a few days of uh, like sun and fun with my family. We we headed to Phoenix just for a few days and rented a Airbnb with a nice big pool. It was awesome. And I got to do my favorite thing, which is hang out with uh, family and friends and just be. <laughs> it was awesome. And because of that, I did go ahead and slide that part two of the Living as a Family on Mission episode to uh, you know the regular scheduled time. I, I kind of had said both in the episode, then you know part one, and then I said, oh, no, no, I'm going to go ahead and drop it in a few days. But as I was getting all my stuff done and ready to go on vacation, I realized I didn't really have the time to record an episode. And I really wanted to talk about what we're going to talk about today, and uh, I think you're going to love it. And I, I just needed more time to dig in and get my heart there. So anyway, but I am grateful to God for a little bit of rest and vacation. I had not been on a plane crazy. I had not been in an airplane in almost exactly 12 months. <laughs> and I travel normally in life quite a lot, speaking and training, right? Doing different things. And I couldn't even believe it. It felt so like sort of familiar, but very weird. And you're, they're packed. The plane was packed and we're all barely breathing because we're wearing these masks for everything. And then a little sip underneath there. And yeah, anyway, very, very interesting. Hey, I got a review in uh, for the podcast. I like to just encourage you to do the same. Leave a review, subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast, and leave us a review. Cost you nothing, but it encourages a lot of other people, and it tweaks the algorithm so they show this to more people. But uh, Jose, hashtag journeyman, said, great practical fireman, exclamation, <laughs> awesome. Thank you for this amazing podcast. This is right where I'm at. Excited for what is ahead. And lots of exclamation points. So thank you for that. I'd love you to do the same. If you're listening to this and want to know where to subscribe, or maybe you're listening on the website and you want to find a podcast player, either for your phone or whatever, you you can find all kinds of ways to listen and subscribe and leave a review at everydaydisciple.com forward slash subscribe. That'll take you to a nice little page with lots of options. Before I forget, I wanted to give you a heads up. We are opening up a couple of cohorts of coaching space in just a few weeks here. So if you've ever thought, wow, it'd be great to get into a coaching relationship with Caesar, really have him walk with us. Tina and I coach together. We coach as couples and we coach couples. And we would love to help you learn a lifestyle of discipleship and mission. 
and be a part of one of these new cohorts. There's not a lot of spaces, and we don't have a whole lot of cohorts because we give so much time and access to us and what we do and and how we help. So um, we would love for you to start experiencing greater spiritual freedom and relational peace right away. And, and you'll experience that in spades uh, in this coaching and learn how to make disciples in community and multiply community. You can get a whole lot of information and get a hold of us, and we can hop on a discovery call. Just go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash coaching, and you'll get all the information you need there. All right? Now let's head into our topic on giving advice, a little on why we love giving advice but kind of hate getting advice. <laughs> That's how it works. And here's what I've noticed. As we grow in our gospel fluency, right, as we start to understand how to speak good news to people, and we get excited about this, um, and we're learning how to use different tools and processes to discover the thing behind the thing in people's lives and speak gospel truth to that situation, I've noticed that in my own heart, and others have expressed this to me as well, we can often get into a mindset where everything we see or hear that is wrong, quote-unquote, or broken or untrue, we feel like we need to address it, and now. And so with this banner of speaking the truth in love flying strong and high over our heads, we often dive right into, you know, giving advice, input. And so I want to talk about that today. And believe me, the irony of all of this is not lost on me as I give you advice about advice, (laughs) all right? Now, I've done a lot of research on this, and author Isabel Gura has written a lot on this. I found really, really helpful. She has broken uh, types of advice down into some different categories, and right away that sets me up to, okay, think into different things that come up in life and where I might want to speak truth or feel inclined to give some input or advice. Uh, And she says there's four types of advice given, and they're sort of specifically for decision-making. We give advice for, advice against, give information, and we give a type of decision support, okay? So advice for is traditional advice telling someone what to do or how to do something. Advice against, imagine what that is, can also be considered traditional advice, but it's, it's telling someone what not to do or what to stop doing in their life. Information advice is, well, just like the name says, it's giving information and options on the specific topic of advice that the decision maker might not know about or we don't think they do or it's something we've discovered without telling them what to do or not to do, but we're kind of passing on a load of information. I tend to do this a lot because I research everything. Google's my best friend. There's also decision support, and that's advice on decision-making process to help someone make a decision. So you're maybe reframing things or you're at, you know, asking questions or giving them questions to ask themselves or others, but it's decision support. Sometimes when it comes to advice within the workplace, we, we reframe this a little bit, but it's really the basically same stuff. So instead of calling it advice, we might call it feedback. I want to give someone some feedback. I was just giving them feedback or constructive criticism. Sound familiar? <laughs> this term, right, is also used not just at work, but maybe within like educational, you know, stuff out there, institutional, church settings, professional settings, where we we give feedback or we give cons- constructive advice or criticism or whatever. 
And there are good types of feedback and there's bad types of feedback, as, as you might imagine. The types of feedback are positive feedback, negative feedback, and constructive feedback. Positive feedback focuses on what someone's doing good at. So you're praising them. You're giving them positive feedback, and you're reinforcing that behavior. Sort of the old what gets rewarded gets repeated. But here's a little caution. Sometimes when we do that, it can sort of reinforce an icky do-to-be performance-based thing. The person feels valued again, once again, by us or others for what they're doing. So we got to be careful with that. All advice we have to be very careful with, as you'll see. Now, negative feedback focuses on criticism about the person or their behavior, which tends to be a judgment. Really, you really were making a decision on something that might be, you know, like everybody has their opinion. It's it's <laughs> there's not one way or only way. It's really opinion. That's what happens oftentimes with negative feedback. Now, critical feedback is another term for negative feedback. So. You know, sometimes we're just we're saying, well, we're, we're not being critical in a negative way. We're just being cr- critiquing or whatever, right? But often it's really negative feedback, and it might be something very subjective, but we're kind of giving a judgment, making a judgment or giving our opinion. Constructive feedback is information-specific. It's issue-focused, and it's based on observations. Oftentimes, and that's why we call it constructive, that can be very, very helpful. I have found. And general sort of nebulous opinion-based, quote, feedback or critique is not as helpful as when we can get really, really specific with advice or our feedback or our observations. So it's not nebulous, but it's very specific. Also, when praising someone, being very specific about, I noticed when you did this or how you said this, you were so gentle or you really helped that person and you were patient and you asked a lot of good questions. That being specific is is part of how we bless people if and when it's appropriate to give our advice. So as you can see, there are lots of forms our advice giving can take. So let's talk a little bit about why do we give advice? I, I think giving advice is... It probably comes natural to us as human beings. It's an instinct sort of deep within us to want to give advice. It makes us feel better. We're social people, right? We're social beings, and we've been programmed to share our experiences. That's what builds community. That's what builds culture. We share our experiences and stories. And and through doing that, having the ability to help and create change for others, or at least We think so, or we hope so. Even when our friend or family member comes to us with their problems and complaints, it can feel like the natural and right thing to do. Like, I should give them some advice. Let's get into this. I've got great ideas for you. (laughs) You know, the old God loves you, and I've got a wonderful plan for your life kind of thing. We also get to show off our knowledge and skills by giving advice. It feels good. We want to feel like those things that we have to offer maybe have a more significant purpose than only being used in my life, but I think I've been given this or I know this. I've experienced this for you. (laughs) Now, some of us give advice more often than others. And you've probably, you know people like that. Some people give it rarely and other people are free and flowing with their advice. There are those of us who occasionally give advice to a friend or a family member or business partner or someone in ministry. And then there are those who are more extreme about giving advice 
and we give it a lot more often. There's commercials out right now about not becoming your parents, and there's this guy that walks around with a bunch of, I don't know, 30, 40-something-year-old people, and he's giving advice on how to not become their parents, and it, to me, they're funny as, as heck. And one of the things that's in there is he's stopping this person from giving advice all over the store to people. Well, you don't know that person. Uh, they didn't ask you anything. Or they're out in the parking lot and they're like they're you know like air traffic control or helping someone back into their parking spot or whatever. And it's like, they didn't ask for help. They're adults. They can drive too. And, and so <laughs> you know how that can feel. Anyway, most of the time, giving advice is done with good intent. However, our own self-interest can have just as big of a role oftentimes, as our interest in helping the receiver, right, their needs. Our own self-interest is often right there. And none of us want to probably admit it. We, we, or we think, well, not really. I'm trying to help this person. But sometimes lurking back there, there's more me in there than there is them in there. K.M. Brown writes, there's a self-protective side of advice giving. Wow, that's a strong statement. Like, we want to believe there's a set of rules that'll set things right. And if everyone would just follow these rules or how I see things, <laughs> uh, the world would be a better place. And if the world's a better place, we wouldn't have to deal with the pain that you or others feel over the way it is now or this particular situation. Why does that keep happening? And wouldn't that be great? And if I can tell you how to have better relationships, well, maybe you'll start having them. And then I can quit aching over your life-shattering problems or divorce or complaints or whatever. I love you, and I can't stand to see you hurt. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep piling on the advice so we can get past this. I'm kind of tired of hearing it. <laughs> and if you can follow my advice on frugal living, I won't have to see you struggle to get by on your budget or maybe the, your inadequate salary. And if you ask me for money, I can... I can give you my two cents instead because, you know, I've been trying to help you with this, but you're just not listening. And I don't want to feel guilty about saying no to your request. So I'm going to kind of point out why you haven't been following my advice, and that's why you're in this situation. See, if you do what I did, whether that's to stop drinking or smoking or fill in the blank or sleeping around or work out more, then you'd be happy like me. Or if you just start going to our church, <laughs> you'd be happy. And if you'll just be happy, then I don't have to witness your trauma or your wounds that you carry around from neglect or not listening or whatever, fill in the blank. See, if you just listen to me, you can make your pains disappear. That's what I'd love to believe. And if your pains disappear, then I don't have to see it, I don't have to hear it, and I won't have to feel it. Isn't that what we both want? <laughs> I love that. And, and, and I think that is sometimes true. I mean, think about it for yourself, right? Just ask yourself, is there a self-protective side to your advice giving sometimes? Here's another thing where it might be more about me than the person, the other person. Giving advice can also be a form of seeking control. Hmm, yeah. It's a, a subtle form of wanting to gain control or maybe authority over that person because I'm kind of sitting in the seat of authority. And, and advice giver, and see, I got this sorted out. I got this figured out. And you want them to listen to you and do what you say. And giving advice, in a sense, is a way to tell others what to do. See, like it's, 
I can't really control them, but by giving my advice, I kind of can. And depending on the tone of how I give it, it could be like stupid, <laughs> like why don't you write stupid? Um, wanting to change someone can often be wanting to control them. Now, this is big. There was some studies done, four different studies that were run by this guy, Michael Scherer, and, you know, big statistician and psychologist with all this stuff, found that when people give advice, it increases their personal sense of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they, they checked, you know, all these questions and situations, and after people give advice, their own sense of personal power had increased. And one of these studies also showed that those who seek power, like they like being in the position of power given, you know, a situation or social environment, those people who seek power are more likely to give advice than those who don't. There was an obvious correlation there. Now, maybe if you've been a regular listener to the Everyday Disciple podcast, you're making some connections here too to like the four Gs, these four eternal truths about God. And you're connecting this to our very common sin of not believing that God is great so we seek to take control of things and people in situations in our life and in theirs. See the connection here? And we've talked about this. You can go look up some other episodes that we've done on the four Gs and about trying to control things because we don't believe God's that great. Or we think he's great, but this person certainly needs my help. God could never speak to them and bless them and manage that for them. So I got to do it. Okay? Here's another thing that might be more us-focused about our advice giving. We're seeking to bear the burden of others' problems and be their savior. Yeah. I know people like this. I know I've done this. I try not to, but I know some people, this is their groove. And this shows up for those of us who you know go out of our way to give advice even when there's no real given dilemma. For example, giving advice to strangers at the gym on you know, how to use the equipment correctly. Oh, I've wanted to do that so many times. Or telling a quiet person who, you know, maybe is more introverted or, you know, internally focused that you barely know at a party. They ain't got to loosen up and get out there and mix it up a little more. Or, or you fill in the blank, right? There's all kind of ways we do this. Or someone comes to us with a problem and, and we'll move mountains and really cause more turmoil in people's lives all around us to try to help that person. We take it upon ourselves. okay? This also applies for those of us who want to fix and save everything we ever hear about. <laughs> and we just take that burden on. And, and I think there's a self-importance thing that comes from that. And it's not a good thing. And we can, we can hide behind, well, I just wanted to help, though. I mean, look, right? But the truth is we're sometimes putting ourselves in the place of being Savior. Now here, kind of in all of this, here's the big question I think we have to ask ourselves. This is sort of that big, oh, you know, E on the eye chart when you go to the eye doctor. Do you give advice because you want to see a person's pain stop and their situation improve? That sounds good, right? Or so that God will be more glorified in their life. Hmm. See? See how the first sounds altruistic and good? Well, I give advice to help them with their problem. So their situation will improve. But what if we gave advice so that God would be more glorified in their life? Which in turn produces life in the kingdom of God, which is the best life they could ever live. So ask yourself, who or what is your focus? Because that makes all the difference 
and how we give advice, when we give advice, and how it'll actually be perceived and received by the other person. This is big. This is big. If we've been sold a gospel that is primarily about me and my personal happiness and my personal walk and my personal relationship, and and it's about my afterlife and living joyously and floating around in heaven forever, it's all about me, well, then that sort of starts to color our perspective, too, on how we help people. And we'll make it Christian by throwing a verse in there from the Bible or something like that. I want to suggest that if our focus is on not the person as much as God being glorified in their life, that'll start to lead us to the thing behind the thing and deeper relationship. And often we'll realize this is going to take a lot more time and I need to understand a lot more and we're going to have to go deeper. And so right now I'm in kind of listening mode. Ask yourself, who are you most focused on? That person or on God and his glory? Now let's talk a little bit about uh, what are some reasons you may not want to give advice to someone. Like just a couple of things to think about, okay? And again, I have to say, oh, the irony here. (laughs) As I am giving advice on why you might not want to give advice. Okay, anyway. um, First, they don't really want your advice. That's sort of the default position. People don't. don't. We don't just get out there generally wanting it. We love to give advice. But we're not generally, people don't really want it. And you know what? This reason alone should be maybe good enough reason to not give someone advice. We should respect that. If they didn't ask, they probably don't want it. Because if they really want your advice, they'll ask for it. And sometimes people do. A lot of times what's going on is people just want to vent. And they just want someone who can listen. And they know it's kind of absurdity, right? You know, Paul does this in Scripture where he's just ranting about stuff and listing off certain things and qualifications and why he should be, you know. And he goes, I know this is crazy talk. He's just venting. And oftentimes people, that's what they're listening. They're just looking for someone who will listen. And maybe they, they already know what to do or, or there's really no decision to be made. They're, they're just looking for a friend. They're look, looking for some apathy. See, unsolicited advice when we just give it and people don't want it, it has a tendency to come across as criticism. It just does. And oftentimes we use the why word, like, well, why don't you do this? Or why are you doing that? Or why don't you stop doing that? And as soon as we say why, it's criticism. It implies, like, dummy, <laughs> right? And people on the receiving end wind up feeling sort of anxious or maybe a little overwhelmed, Remember, and you've maybe heard me say this before, Proverbs 25 says that a word in season is like apples of gold set in silver, <laughs> like apples of gold. So that means that, that a word out of season, you know, not in the right timing, is not such a golden type of apple. <laughs> Bad timing is not good. So sometimes you're listening to a person and they may not be asking for your advice, and you're listening, and you're like, oh, boy, I, I, I know what they need. I just want to slip a little in here. But, but based on their emotional level or the context you're in at the time or how well you know them or don't know them or what, how much invitation and trust you've put in, you know, banked in your relationship, this might not be the right time. It just might not be, okay? When we tell someone what to do, or what they should do, or should be doing, or what they should stop doing, we could be unintentionally implying that we know better, 
and that they may be emotionally or intellectually incapable of making that decision or knowing what to do on their own. We don't want to do that. See, that's why they don't want advice in the per- first place. <laughs> so be careful there. Remember, a word in season, apples of gold. Out of season, not so much. Here's another reason you may not want to give advice. It's, it comes from your often very limited point of view. So we kind of think we know everything, and so therefore I got good advice for everything. <laughs> but we may not have any knowledge or experience in dealing with a particular situation, like deep depression or a terminal illness or the loss of a loved one or traumatic experience or how to lose weight because we've never faced that or whatever, right? Think about it. And sometimes just because you've maybe, well, I've had someone die in my life, that doesn't mean that you have all the best advice and how to deal with it. Maybe you grieved horribly, or maybe you're still walking through it, and that's good, and that's fine. So you see what I'm saying? We, we oftentimes come to someone else's problem with a pretty limited point of view, and the advice we give only comes from like a very limited perspective, ours, and ours alone. And so you know we got to be careful there, because what we're being told by the other person might just be the tip of the iceberg, And so we don't really know, are we hearing the whole situation? We're given a little piece of advice here, and but wait a minute, oh, if you'd have told me all the rest. And so here's some sort of best practices, I think, for advice givers. And it kind of flows right out of that. First thing is ask questions. Seek to really understand a situation and the thing behind the thing. Like what's really going on? If a person's upset, what is it that upset them? And why did that upset them? And... Have that, has that always upset them? Seek to ask a lot more questions before ever kind of wading into the advice waters. Come from a place of non-judgment and show empathy. I'll, I'll just be honest. Sometimes when I'm, you know, a person's complaining about something or whatever, and I dive into the advice, um, I'm, I'm kind of giving it from a position of like, well, this is your fault, dummy. You know, you caused this. It's, it, and I have a judgmental heart about it, and, and there's not a lot of empathy, so I'm just kind of giving binary advice. That's not good. That's not loving, and that's probably more about me than them. Here's another. Here's something else. Ask the other person, well, how can I help you? So if a person's you know, going off about something, they've not asked for your advice and all, but you're kind of wanting to give it or wondering if they want it or need it or whatever, ask them, how could I help you? And they might say, I don't know. They might say, well, well, what's your advice on this? And then this is always good. Ask permission before you give advice. Well, could I give you a few thoughts on this or what's worked for me? Right? Ask permission. And, I, and you think, well, what are they going to say? Hey, I've had people say, well, you know, I appreciate that. I, I don't know that right now I'm in a place to receive it or I'm, my head's spinning and I'm really upset about this. Maybe we could talk about it again or something. So, but even if they say yes, what you're doing is you're humbling yourself and you're honoring them by asking permission before you give advice. This is also one of these big uh, umbrella things is seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit in real time. I always say, like, as you're listening to a person with one ear, be listening to the Holy Spirit in the other ear. Because sometimes a person is saying, this, 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 and this, or that person, that person, that person, and the Spirit's going, but here's what's really going on, or ask them this question, ask them about this, just don't say anything now, just listen, pause, 
Ask if we could pray before moving on, whatever. Seek the guidance of the Spirit in real time, like as you're going, okay? Here's something else. When giving advice, you might try telling a story from your life, like wrap up your advice in a story. For one, it's your story, and it's, it, it, you know, it's true, right? This is what I experienced. It's a, it's a gentle kind of advice, but it's also kind of hard to argue with because at least it's worked once. <laughs> this is what's happened. And also, people can remember a story. And so if your advice is kind of woven into that, into a story from your own life, chances are they're going to be able to grasp it, retain it, hang on to it, and maybe recall it later when they need it again. Here's a big one, too, as I start to kind of wrap things up. Watch the shoulds. You know, don't, don't be shooting all over people. You've heard me say this before. There is no should in the gospel. And so if and when we do give advice, we don't want to say, well, here's what you should do or here's what you should not do. There's just, there is no should in the gospel. There's, we get to, because Christ has done this and this is true of you, or we need not because of Christ and all that he's completed. You, you feel the difference there? So watch... Watch the shoulds. That's I, so much advice. And even if we don't use the word, and I, I know with people we coach, they're, they're, we're all a little eggshelly around should. Like we'll say, well, I think I'm supposed, I should do this. And like, I mean, I, mean, I, I get to. <laughs> well, sometimes even if we're not using the should word, it can come off like that. Like we'll say things like, well, if I were you, <laughs> hear that? And it, it's just like, well, you should do this, dummy. Right? It's not great either. Giving advice, and, and whether it's ultimately helpful and used by the other person effectively, I think it all boils down to how we make that person feel, yeah, ultimately. Like, they won't use it, you know, if, if they walk away from you and your advice, and, and, and they feel icky and weird, right? Mm-hmm. But if someone walks away feeling helped and hopeful, that's awesome. And they, that probably means you were sensitive, and you listened well. You didn't push too hard right? But that's not how it always goes. Sometimes people are a little bit offended, and, and you may have blown, <laughs> blown some of the above best practices. Or, or it could be that you've not banked enough relational invitation and trust in your relationship yet for them to be able to re receive advice in that category. Or this is kind of hard to hear. So, right? And, and again, that might go back to the word in season is like apples of gold thinking. It might just be that it's not the right time. So I'll bet as you're hearing all this, especially again, if you're a regular listener of the podcast, I'll bet you can see how in all of this, growing in our gospel fluency, that ability to speak the good news of the gospel, like who is God and, and look at all that he's accomplished and proven his character over and over. And look how that's magnified in the life, death, the resurrection of Christ how that speaks to our identity and how we get to live. That's a gospel fluency. And I'll bet you can see how that is so key if and when we give advice. It really is. And so, as always, I'm just encouraging you to do all you can to grow in your gospel fluency, get the resources, get the help you need. We spend so much time on understanding the gospel and how big it is and growing in gospel fluency with the folks we coach. And it's key to all this. It really is. 
Well, let me start to wrap this up for sure now. And as always, I want to give you the big three takeaways from our talk today. And you can get these. You don't want to miss these, but you can get these even printed out if you want. I'll send you a PDF of the big three. Just go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three, B-I-G, the number three. And boom, we'll send it out to you and you can print it off. So here's the big three for this week. First, remember, the default position for most people is that they don't really want your advice. And knowing this can change your posture right from the start. If they don't ask for our input, they probably don't want it. If they genuinely want our advice, they don't ask. They'll ask. A lot of times people just want to vent. They just need someone to listen without judging. They just need you to be with them. All right? Second, in giving advice, ask yourself, who am I most interested in serving? Is it me? Is it myself? Is it the other person being relieved of their pain or getting out of a bad situation? Or is it so that God will be most glorified in their life? Who and what is your focus makes all the difference in how we give advice and how others are able to receive it. And number three, just notice throughout Scripture how often we see God asking questions to draw out the heart of those he loves. Think about Adam and Eve right after they sin. Where are you? And why are you afraid? Why are you ashamed? Or with Cain or Jesus with the woman at the well. See, seeking to understand the thing behind the thing and where the person is coming from in a situation shows them love and respect. Ask people if there's a way that they think you can help them. And if you give advice or counsel, remember to watch the shoulds, okay? There's no should or shouldn't in the gospel. It's only we get to or we need not because of Christ. Jesus is our Lord. He's our Savior, and he's our victory over all of it. That's where we want to go with people. All right, I hope this has been helpful to you. I hope you can receive my advice on giving advice. <laughs> oh, boy, that's crazy, right? Also, just I want to remind you, if you're interested in, in being involved in some coaching, you'd like to learn gospel fluency, you'd like to know how to apply this in your own life with those that you're discipling, you'd like to know how to build out discipleship communities and multiply them in your own life, neighborhood, in your church, we'd love to help with that. And, and we'd love to get you into some coaching and mentorship with Tina and I and, and you and your spouse. That's how we coach. Okay, now if you're single, we'll work with you as well. Okay, but if you're married, we really want you to do this as couples because that's how discipleship and mission works. Now we've got some new cohorts that are starting up soon. Not a lot of spaces, but we'd love you to join us. At least check it out by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash coaching everydaydisciple.com forward slash coaching and there's a little video there I'll explain some stuff and you can kind of read through how it all works and then there's a little form you can fill out to contact us and we'll hop on a discovery call and I can answer a bunch of questions and see if it's a good fit for you we'd love to have you in one of these new cohorts thanks again for being with me today I love it I love getting to do this I love being with you I hope you'll join me next time talk to you soon Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember, you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day.